Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. To the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Yeah, and I think one of the things that, you know, I noticed, especially in the first half, which, you know, you can argue it didn't amount to many points, but I thought Jordan was taking more of what the defense was giving him. And I think part of that was because the run game was finally starting to work, but we had seen so many times previously the deep shot or the like triple coverage just kind of prayer throw because he felt like he had to get something going and it felt like there were a lot more like five yards six yards just keep yourself in front of the sticks like give yourself the second and manageable and the third manageable instead of you know backing yourself up and it's second and 10 and third and 15 because of penalties like I thought that that was really promising especially in the first half less so in the second half but the last thing I wanted to mention just really quickly before we talked about the defense was these penalties, right? Like yeah. they had 11 penalties last week for 99 yards. Better, quote unquote, this week, eight penalties for 57 yards. But whether they win or lose the rest of the season, I think that's the kind of stuff we want to talk about getting cleaned up, right? You said incremental improvements on offense. It has to also start with the penalties. And I think a couple of them were bogus. Like I think the fourth and ones were really crappy calls, but like the Dontavian Wicks fumble, that wasn't a penalty, but it was another kind of like rookie mistake. And you know that he's not going to make that same mistake again. So those are the kind of things I think that you hope to see clean up. And I think that the Packers know that they need to clean that up. And I think that does get cleaned up. A hundred percent. I I am with you there. Like, look, you don't want to reward guys for going from 11 penalties to eight penalties. That's still eight too many penalties. Uh, we'll call it six. Okay. Because I, I, I really do think those two offsides were total bullshit and like I'm not really one to get mad at referees but like to me that was just utter complete bullshit um they this is a team and this is especially an offense that once they even commit you know a five backing themselves up five yards it, it kind of sets the entire like series off um and it, it almost leads to them punting on every single occasion and so not to say that they, the need to be perfect in order to score is there, but like it kind of is, is, you know, it is. So yes, I'm a hundred percent with you. Like it's better, but guys, y- you pretty much need no penalties and no turnovers. Like, well, obviously no turnovers, but like, you know what I mean? Like you need an actual perfect drive where you are not backing yourselves up in order to score. So every time you do this, you know, you're basically taking points off the board, like for yourselves. Yeah. 
So let's talk about then this defensive performance because I have a lot of thoughts. I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts. Held the Rams, who of course were led by a backup quarterback. To yeah. And I just, I thought it was the, the best kind of day for the defense. I thought it was the kind of game that they needed. And again, not a good football team, but they've lost to some not good football teams. So this was the kind of game that I think they needed, especially for just like camaraderie. I'm sure that it was a really tough loss to see Russell Douglas get traded at the deadline. So for them to come out resilient the way that they did and play as hard as they did, I liked what I saw, especially from the 2023 draft class. Yeah. Um, Again, like, you know, you look at this season, I have a few, I definitely have a lot of thoughts on this one caveat, everything I'm about to say with any time you hold any NFL offense to three points, it's a good day. You know, it doesn't matter. It's a backup quarterback or it's Patrick Mahomes. Like, oh, well, if it's Patrick Mahomes, it's an amazing day. But like anytime you hold anyone to three points, like uh, that's a job well done. Um, I'm not throwing them like a ton of flowers. And I'm certainly not still sitting here like Joe Barry deserves to keep his job after today because like, no, let's be real. It was Brett Ripon. But you mentioned it before. They have two very, very good receivers. And even with a backup quarterback, those two receivers did pretty much nothing. And, you know, we saw in the Broncos game, and I think, you know, Russell Wilson is obviously a very different quarterback and he's on like the wrong end of his career, but in a vet sense, he really went and picked on Carrington Valentine. And um, the Broncos were able to really move the ball against the secondary. And it was Rasul, not Jair in the game, but still same, same idea where you have your like very good vet on the boundary and your rookie getting picked on. And it was abundantly clear to me that Carrington Valentine learned something from that game because he came in with a ton of aggression um, and had himself like, you know, kind of a coming out party. And for morale's sake, yeah, I mean, this team could have very easily been like, wow, our vocal leader, he's gone. He's been playing like some of the best football this sucks. Like we suck. This team sucks. We're sub 500. Like why even bother? And they did the exact opposite. Like they really came out and like really showed up um, and allowed the offense to, they did what we we've wanted this defense to do this entire season, which is like buy the offense as much time as they've needed to put together a handful of drives in order to win the game. Um, and again, it's against a bad team. But you can only take what's in front of you. You know, what opponent is there on the field in front of you. And um, I was just really impressed um, with the energy level and the aggression. um, Because that's just not something that we've seen uh, at all this season. And I am curious how you feel about, like, a lot of the young guys. Because I mentioned Carrington. But, like, pretty much every either rookie or second-year player had, like, a huge moment in this game. Yeah. And I mean, something that I mentioned on pack a day yesterday, um, we gave out our game balls and Andrews went to Carrington Valentine and mine went to Anthony Johnson jr. Because, you know, I thought Jonathan Owens also played a really good game, but you're down your two starting safeties. Darnell Savage is on IR. Rudy Ford can't go. And all of a sudden you're throwing two guys in there. And that, like we said, you're going up against Puka Nakua, Cooper cup, like that could have blown the top off of the secondary. And instead Mm -hmm. they had 10 passes defensed. They had 27 going into this week. Like that's where was that, you know, like where was this energy? And they fed off of it. Valentine had a ton. Jair had the tip that led to the Anthony Johnson jr. Pick like that kind of energy 
it revitalizes a team. And we saw that, and, you know, we can talk about special teams a little bit here, but it just felt like all three phases were finally working together. Keyshawn Nixon had a couple really nice returns that gave the Packers offense really good field position, even though they didn't capitalize on a couple of those with some, some fumbles and some turnovers. But yeah, like you said, every player it felt like on defense had a moment. Colby Wooden got in there for a huge stop. Carl Brooks got in there for some really nice opportunities. Sometimes it feels like we forget about Lucas Van Ness as the first round pick because he's the first round pick and all these like day three guys are just showing out. So we're like, oh yeah, we did take a guy in the first round that also plays defense, but just a really, really good day for the young guys. And that's what I think makes it so exciting because at this point, you're not really measuring your wins and losses. You're measuring the guys that are going to be there for the next four years. And there's a lot to like about some of the guys that are going to be there for the next four years. That was so well said. I could not agree more. It, it was just like, what is the future of this team? And, you know, you lose Sewell. That sucks. You know, you don't have Quay in there, which also really sucks. Um, I thought Devondre had another, like, really nice day for the vets. But you want to see what the young guys got. I mean, Goot has put in so much capital on this side of the ball and they have such a young defense and you kind of got to see like what the future of this defense could potentially look like um if all of these like first and second year starters you know get full opportunities to play you know more snaps than they have been um the last thing i'll say about this is i think i kind of underestimated potentially how hurt jair has been yeah the last couple of weeks um, it was just like made abundantly clear to me how healthy he must be now because he looked so much more like himself um, than he had the last few weeks. And, and again, like I've, I've never had a back injury. I don't even know what kind of back injury he had. I can't imagine it's um, at all easy to play through any kind of back injury, but um, he clearly was must've been playing through some kind of pain because you could see him back to being his full, you know, John money self um, and showing up. And I mean, Matt gave him the game ball in the locker room after, after the game and, and, you know, you lose a Sewell and you're like, okay, who, who, who is going to step up for this team in terms of like that presence in that room? And your answer is Jair. And I think, He's um, an interesting personality, but his play on the field speaks for itself, I think, in terms of like how you want to model your game. And that's the kind of game that this team got out of him this week. Um, and it's really all you can ask for. Yeah, I mean, like you can see the closeness between Jair and Carrington Valentine, all of the handshakes and, you know, the different uh, gestures that they make. And like there, there's a very closeness, I think, in that uh, in that corner room. And 